it's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not and, as um, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to Hub City Homers. This is episode number 58. My name is Jack, and I'm here with my co-host tonight, Kendall. Uh, Macon's out tonight. He's going to be a little under the weather. Uh, Reed might hop in here in a little bit and join us. Uh, If not, then we'll catch him on the next one. But uh, it'll be Kendall and me kind of holding it down for a majority of this episode. We're going to touch, just us two, we're going to touch on uh, what happened in Fort Worth, the 10-point loss to the Horned Frogs. We're going to do some preview on Kansas, and then we're going to hop into a miniature recap of the first game of the season for Texas Tech men's basketball, which was a resounding win against Northwestern State, 73-49. to But first, before we get into the good, we must touch on the bad. Um, Texas Tech goes into a top 10 ranked TCU team in Fort Worth and loses 34 to 24. This is a game where Tech led 17 to 13 going into the fourth quarter and gave up 21 points in the fourth quarter for the second straight game. But first, before we, we get to the defense... We have to touch on the offense, and man, I, Kendall, I'm just getting, I'm almost getting pissed off watching this, and I think for me, I'm at a point where, and I think a lot of people are too, right? Like, we're seeing the same shit every week now. Um, We're seeing the same uh, kind of like mismanagement of the offensive plays. Um, you have a, well, I mean, let's be honest, you have a quarterback who is a true freshman, but not just that, he's still a little banged up from the Oklahoma State game. Um, and, you know, we're running him out there like he's full health, which he wasn't and now isn't. Um, you're out there... Uh, bringing in Donovan Smith on fourth and short, and hmm, I wonder what's going to happen there. I wonder if everyone knows that they can just put, stack eight or nine guys in the box and because he's not going to throw it because they won't let him throw it because of what happened last time uh, against Baylor. Um, These are all just things that are coming into my head as I'm talking, and I'm looking at this stat line. I'll go through it. Obviously, Baron Morton injured by TCU before halftime. 
Uh, Baron Morton was 7 of 10 for 79 yards and a touchdown. After halftime, obviously, he comes back out in athletic clothes and a boot on the left uh, leg for a high ankle sprain. Tyler Shuck comes in in relief, 9 of 22 for 78 yards, 3.5 yards a pop for those that are doing quick math on the fly with a touchdown and an interception. Um, Taj Brooks, 10 carries, 59 yards. Sir Roderick Thompson, 8 carries, 46 yards. Both of those come out to just about a 5.8, 5.9 average per carry. So just under six yards a carry. Uh, Cameron Valdez also had three carries for 71 yards in garbage time. He rattled off a pretty lo- long 38, uh, 40-yard run uh, in garbage time there uh, to get that to get us in position for that last touchdown. Uh, Jaron Bradley and J.J. Sparkman led receiving two catches for 54 yards for Bradley and a touchdown. Sparkman had three catches for 46 yards and a touchdown. More importantly, both of them were injured in this game as well. Um, Kendall, let's talk about it. Uh, You know, what did you see? What are your frustrations? How are you feeling about this offense? Um, You know, what are you – how are you feeling? I mean, I'm kind of in the same boat as you right now, like – so, A, how many times do we have to see, you know, it started with Tyler Shuck week one and now Baron Morton, two quarterbacks that aren't really built to run the football, yet we keep running. We have a lot of, we're running a lot of options, a lot of, you know, just quarterback runs. And sure, sometimes, like very rarely it worked with Donovan Smith, but those two are just like, we shouldn't even be attempting it because, A, I mean, we already know Tyler Shuck is fragile. Like, we already know that. Dude, I was shocked that they were running it with Shuck. Like, what are they, like, seriously, what are we doing? I understand, you know, setting up a game plan for, you know, one quarterback and, you know, having all your quarterbacks go through that same game plan. So if any of them have to come in, like, they're prepared. But we have three extremely different quarterbacks from each other. And, like, I was most pissed off that when, Shuck came in the fact that we kept the same exact game plan when Tyler Shuck can't run that offense like he just cannot run the same type of stuff that Baron Morton does and I don't think that's his fault it's just not his style and I saw a lot of people kind of get on Shuck but at the end of the day I don't think I mean he missed some throws but that just comes with rust that he you know he hasn't played in weeks and really he has not seen much game action in the last two years, which yes, that could be an argument of why Donovan Smith should be in, but that's just a completely different conversation. But Shuck, when he was in there, we're calling like options. We're calling a bunch of, you know, passes that, you know, maybe Morton can make, but Tyler Shuck just wasn't able to make them like during the game. But we've seen Shuck make a lot of different good passes in the past. Like, we saw what the offense looked like week one when he was in there, and it was just completely different play calling when he was in there this week. And the most frustrating part is we said this at the beginning of the year. We have two of the most talented running backs in the damn conference, and they are touching the ball less than they should be getting at least 30 combined carries, if not 40. And we're lucky to see each of them get 10 touches. Like it's just Com- getting to combined, a point where combined 18 this week, combined 18 carries this week. And we, we had, we've hit on this so many different times of both. If you can't get them the ball by handing it off to them, throw it to them, get them in the open field. Cause these two running backs are two of the best in the nation at making people miss. And we just continuously like, try to do things that none of this the players on our offense are capable of doing like we understand that like a lot of fans understand that you know this year we have a lot of you know things to go through a lot of growing pains but at the same time I'm getting a little pissed off because on the other sideline you have a first year head coach that's coming in 
to TCU, and they see they seem like they're executing things almost flawlessly at times. Where we have an OC that's supposed to be some like he's supposed to be a young offensive guru, which I I see the potential in him, but he has just not done the job so far when it comes to his play calling. Like there's inconsistencies he calls. He, I think he called a great game against Texas. I think he called a very good game against Oklahoma State, but he ruins those games when you look at, you know, the calls against Baylor, like this last game against TCU. Like there is just no consistency with this offense. And until we can actually see consistency, we're not going to see consistent results. Like how can we expect to even compete week to week when we have no idea what offense is going to show up. Like, it's just hard to be optimistic, you know, right now, which, and I still believe, like, in this team because there's a lot of talent and this coaching staff, I do believe, like, is very talented top to bottom. But, you know, when it comes to the play calling, they're, they've got to find the right, you know, adjustments, the right balance of passing to running, and they just haven't found it yet. Speaking of inconsistencies, uh, I thought actually the line played okay in this one. Uh, you know, uh, we had heard all week that, you know, both tackles, uh, position battles were opened back up. Uh, and then we hear right before game time that your two main uh, right side guys aren't playing. Uh, well, the filling guys did pretty well. I thought, um, you know, they had four sacks and nine tackles for loss. Um, but Tech on the defensive side had four sacks and ten tackles for loss. Um, so you take what you get there. Um, I, I mean, wh- what did you think of the line? I, th- I thought the line was, you know, somewhat, I, I guess, better would be the word. Uh, I think they were, yeah, better is definitely a word I would use, but... In general, of course, they had their ga- or their plays where they kind of broke down a little bit, but uh, they were going up against a very, very talented and athletic um, TCU defensive line. Um, I think that uh, our quarterbacks, like they sometimes, I think just in general, no matter who's in there, sometimes our quarterbacks take a little bit too long back there, and sometimes it just that kind of is what leads to our line looking worse than sometimes what it actually is. But you're right. This week they looked like much improved, especially compared to what we saw against Baylor. Um, I think that there's still obviously room for improvement, but this line's starting to get healthier. Uh, we're starting to get just more uh, consistency from down to down instead of, you know, we can look great for a couple plays and then, you know, third down comes and our line just gets absolutely blown up. So I think overall, they definitely look better. Um, Still improvements to be made, obviously. But, you know, if you go back all the way to last season, uh, where we're like where the line was at at the beginning of the year, that the line gradually improved. And uh, by the bowl game, our line looked very good. But the thing is, to me, the line strength for the last two seasons now has been our run blocking and you know sometimes they do you know f up a little bit back there but at the same time we have the running backs to get to overcome that and when they block when they are hitting their blocks and you know really executing our run game looks so good and that's what makes me even more mad is this was one of those weeks that the line was executing when we ran the ball. We were getting chunk play after chunk play when we were handing it off to Sir Roderick and Taj. And we we just neglected it. And it was maddening because you look at the score and a lot of people, if you look at the stats, you might be, if you're just looking at the box score and not watching the game, you could maybe try to justify, you know, we were losing... And, uh, you know, that's why we were throwing the ball. But no, that like if you watch this game, we had a lead for part of this game and we were within a possession the entire time. There is no excuse for why we went away from the run, especially when our line, you know, they were blocking for the run very well. And it just it it just kind of pissed me off. 
Yeah, I agree. Let's get into the defense. Um, Max Duggan goes 12 of 23 for 195 yards, two touchdowns. I was not impressed with Max Duggan. Uh, I think there were a lot of easy throws that he missed in this one. Um, However, I will say I was impressed with Kendra Miller. Uh, He goes 21 carries for 158 yards and a touchdown. Uh, Kendra Miller, for those wondering, Kendra Miller is the real deal. Um, I was actually very impressed by his performance. I was impressed at times um, by TCU's run uh, blocking up front. Um, They don't really have receivers other than Johnston, and I don't even think he caught a ball. So, um, or he had one catch, maybe. Um, but what I do know uh, is that Kendra Miller's the real deal. Uh, one of those is a fifty-yard run. I mean, you take away one, uh, you take away the long run, his longest run. That's twenty carries for a, still for a hundred and eight yards. Uh, so it's still about five yards a carry, even without that long one in there. Um, you know, Krishan Merriweather, again, leads with 11 total tackles. Not shocking. Uh, Dadrian Taylor-Demerson up there as well. Kosai Eldridge, uh, Muddy Waters, Tyree Wilson. Um, I'll tell you who had a really good game for me, Kendall, and who really stuck out for me in this one was Josiah Pierre. Uh, Josiah Pierre kind of had his coming out party for the Red Raiders this week or this past weekend against TCU. You know, he finishes with uh, five tackles, um, one and a half sacks, and two and a half tackles for loss. Uh, it seems to me like uh, fairly early that he was everywhere. You know, every, he, they were obviously, uh, you know, focusing a lot on Tyree Wilson, but with him being opposite of Tyree, you know, it kind of freed him up. And man, he, he took advantage of that. Yeah, um, defensively, we this season it's been really up and down on the defensive end of the ball. But and one thing that um has been really, really uh kind of maddening this year is how slow our defense really starts out and at times, which you know, outside that punt return, which I, I don't even want to get into that, that was that was BS, but you know, we, our defense showed out in this game. We didn't allow their offense to score until the second half. And that's one of the best offenses in the nation. A lot of people were saying that their offense was second to only Tennessee coming into this game. And our defense looked absolutely elite for the majority of it. And really, if in the fourth quarter, if it isn't for that face mask call, who knows what... like what our defense really does. Who knows if we let up that touchdown. So, you know, enough great things can't be said, you know, about this defense and I'll give it to TCU. They have, they do have a fantastic offense. Like you said, Um, you know, their run game is really uh, what killed us. Miller was great. I wrote in our preview that as far as Duggan goes, that most of the time this season, uh, you a lot of people haven't really been able to to stop him. Your best chance was to slow him down by keep trying to keep him in the pocket and not letting him make plays. And I think Tech did a fantastic job about that. But one thing that doesn't get talked about enough, you know, we lost one of the best linebackers in the country from last year in Schooler. And, you know, the way that we have filled those holes um, this season with, you know, there wasn't a lot of, uh, clarity on how we were going to do that. But our linebacking core has really stepped up this season. Um, Tyree Wilson was just, uh, he was phenomenal. He was in the backfield so much. And I saw something today that like he has one of the, or the most QB pressures in the nation, which doesn't shock me whatsoever. But like we saw him in the backfield so many times and and I think that's, that I think that stat is by three or four, right? Over uh, the Anderson yeah, was, kid from the Anderson yeah, kid Will from Anderson, Alabama. Which, by the way, yeah. that's the projected number one pick in the country. Like people are saying that he's going number one overall, no matter who has the first pick. So, you know, Tyree Wilson is literally 
at the top, and he is just skyrocketing up draft boards, and it's for good reason. But, um, you know, defensively, I don't have much of anything bad to say about our defense. Our offense really, really let them down this week, and that's really unfortunate because this was by far the best full game defensive performance we've seen. Um, and you know, I think the worst part about it was, uh, what pisses me off the most about this game is cause I don't want to like bitch and moan about it. Like I do TCU, like they beat us, but that face mask call in the fourth quarter, that was just oh, at the end ridiculous. of the, yeah, at the end, at the end of the third. Yeah. Go to the, Oh fourth, yeah. yeah. The end of the yeah. third. Yeah. That, was it just, turned everything on its head? I mean, I mean, be, uh, to be quite honest, moment. yeah. If Tech, I, I personally feel that like we get that stop, we have the lead, we're able to not. I there's no telling if our offense would have went and scored because our offense was playing like dog shit most of the day. But we definitely like it's just so hard to say what would have happened, and it's just so maddening because our defense. Like that is the best tech defensive performance I've seen in years, not just this season. Like, yes, last year in the bowl game against Mississippi State, but they were missing quite a few guys on offense. This we were going up against one of the top offenses in the nation, and they didn't score until I think it was the beginning of the fourth on offense. Like, that's just that's correct. That's correct. It was, and it was on that drive with the phantom face mask. Yeah, they ended up and scoring also, on that drive. I mean, I, I don't. I guess I don't know the ruling on that, but I also thought their offensive lineman pulled their running back into the end zone on that play too. But it's it's just unfortunate that our defense was able to put out such an elite performance, and our offense wasn't able, you know, to help them out much more. But at the end of the day. We were going up against a top now four opponent, and um, you know you look you kind of live with this performance. You learn from it. Like I've said, we're we're still a young team. We're still with our with Joey's first year. We still have a lot to learn as a program. But you know there was a lot to take from this game, and I mean now we just got to look forward to Kansas. I agree. So let's look forward to Kansas. Um, Kansas comes off of a well monumental win for their program, uh, beating Oklahoma State at home by a score of thirty-seven to sixteen. This is a game or in a team that uh, was up twenty-four to seven at half. Uh, against Oklahoma State and uh, only allowed nine points in the second half on defense. Um, Obviously, Spencer Sanders did not play for Oklahoma State, um, so we don't really know if a full, uh, full strength Oklahoma State beats this Kansas team. Uh, but what we do know is that Kansas is bowl eligible, and we are not. Um, I will say this also. We don't know who's going to be in at quarterback for Kansas. This is technically uh, the first week that Jalen Daniels will be able to be back. Um, I have not heard anything different than Jason Bean being the quarterback for Kansas. Um, I also wouldn't be shocked to see Daniels back there. Um, They're riding a wave of confidence, and um, I think that if if Daniels is healthy, I think they'll play him. Um, This is a team that... uh, is obviously with the, their second string quarterback. They are running the ball more than they're throwing. Uh, Bean attempted 23 passes for 203 yards. Uh, I guess he completed 18 of those for 203 yards and two scores. Um, he ran. He had a 73 yard touchdown run. Uh, 
and they ran the ball with their running back, Devin Neal, 32 times for 224 yards. He averaged seven yards a carry. Um, I don't know if Oklahoma State is missing people on defense. I don't see anything on their, uh, you know, in their stats or game notes to show me that they are missing any significant people from their uh, defense. It just looks like they were just thoroughly dismantled by this Kansas team. Um, Obviously, Devin Neal leads them in rushing 32 carries, 224 yards, and a touchdown, as I mentioned. Interesting tidbit, he was also their leading receiver, six catches for 110 yards. Uh, So I, I mean, do the math on that. That's 334 total yards for him on just about 40 touches. Um, So I think, if (laughs) I mean, I'm not claiming to be a football genius or anything, but we might want to key on Devin Neal for this. Um, Kendall, what you got on this offense, you know, uh, obviously, I kind of touched on the, the just the basic stuff from last week, but I, I mean, you got to go with Devin Neal on this, right? I mean, yeah. So last week, what I saw on Jalen Daniels was that he was apparently a game time decision. They said that he was gonna, you know, go through warm ups and they were gonna determine from there. And ultimately, they went with Bean. But, um, you know, you kind of hit on the main point of their offense right now. But at the same time, um, if Daniels does come back this week, the game plan for them completely changes. Cause if I, I don't know, I remember very well that Daniels, when he got hurt at the moment, he was being talked about as a Heisman candidate. And not only that, like he had a real argument. He was, you know, he is an elite runner. he, as a good passer, you know, he has his moments where he kind of struggled in the passing game, you know, namely um, after the Duke game, he kind of struggled a little bit before he got hurt. But nevertheless, like he is an elite quarterback that was tearing up defenses. Uh, one thing that does worry me is we have struggled with mobile QBs and like Adrian Martinez, namely. And let me be real. Adrian Martinez isn't as good of a thrower as Daniels. And I don't even know if he's as good of a thrower as Jason Bean because Bean, you know, since he stepped in, uh, you know, the offense really hasn't taken too many beats off. It's more been their defense that has really struggled. Um, They've been one of the worst defenses uh, really, in the entire conference, and quite honestly, they've been one of the worst defenses in the nation this year. It's It kind of reminds me, you know, a lot of some old tech teams that were successful in the fact that they have an elite offense, but just a pretty terrible defense. But the defense has also looked much better, um, especially, you know, last week. But, you know, that quarterback for Oklahoma State flat out sucked. You know, we might be finding someone that actually might have been worse than uh, Spencer Sanders and a guy that uh, you, Jack, might be able to hate on for the next four years. But uh, I'm, I'm here for it. I'm going to I was running out of people now that Sanders is in his final year, you know, and so is Duggan. So, you know, I'm, I'm running out of people to hate. Maybe these new I, maybe these new teams will bring in someone that I can hate on. I, I'm probably going to start jumping on the Hunter Deckers hate train if he uh is a continued starter for Iowa State the next couple of years, but we'll let we'll wait a, cu- a week for that. But I think that the key to beating Kansas right now is um, obviously slowing down the run game, which, you know, it sucks because we have faced so many good rushing offenses this year, and it's hard to say how we've really, like, performed consistently because – you know, we didn't do terrible against Bijan outside of that one long touchdown run that he had. Um, we got more killed by Adrian Martinez than we did Deuce Vaughn when we played Kansas State. And those are arguably the two best um, 
running backs in the conference. But then last week, you know, we kind of did struggle against Miller and TCU. But, I mean, we did look much better when Duggan tried to run the ball. But we also watched Spencer Sanders make a lot of big plays with his legs too. So, um, you know, Bean last week had a super long touchdown run, uh, very reminiscent to what the long run that Martinez had against Tech. Uh, and that's just what I, you'll probably see me complain about it quite a bit in my uh, preview on Viva this week, but I've, I've preached on it all year. We struggle against uh, running quarterbacks, and until I see, you know, us improve in that department, um, you know, I am going to be worried about it, and that's kind of what I'm worried about this week, whether we face Bean or Daniels. I think it's an interesting it's kind of an interesting thing, right? Like we we start off the year and we give our picks and we give our predictions and stuff and obviously no one in their right mind predicted Kansas was going to a bowl. Their over under win total was two and a half or three and a half. Um but they're bowl eligible, uh before we are, actually. And um it's just with the way our offense has been playing, and uh, I guess we should go ahead and throw this out there since we're I guess we're going to do a quick transition to the defensive side of things uh, for Kansas. Uh, Baron Morton will not play in this game. Uh, he's being held out with his high ankle sprain. Uh, I think this is long overdue, and I think that uh, I don't want to say it was selfish to play him last week. Uh, because you had the lead going to the fourth quarter, even after playing a quarter without him. Um, I think what was selfish was running, running the option with him so many times when you knew that he was still uh, hampered from that ankle sprain. Um, quickly, we'll touch on it, and we'll... Uh, We'll keep moving through here. Um, Defensive-wise, uh, their linebackers and their safeties are good. They have a good uh, D-end. Um, one thing I will say about this team is they turn you over. I think that that's been a big thing for Kansas as a whole. It's how their offense is getting the ball a lot. Their defense has been turning people over. Uh, they have... They have 11 picks on the year and three uh, three forced fumbles and eight fumbles recovered. Um, so overall, they have 19 turnovers uh, created uh, on the defensive side of the ball, which is that's I don't have the conference stats right up in front of me, but that's got to be close to tops if I had to guess. Um, this is kind of like what you thought. Tech's defense was going to do, right? Like, you, you were branded the Take 3 University. Um, these guys are actually doing it. Um, they're actually backing up the talk. Uh, and actually, they probably didn't talk because they thought they were going to win three games this year. Um, anyway, Kendall, you're looking at this team... You're looking at how teams have been successful against Kansas. What can Texas Tech do with Tyler Shuck as the quarterback? Or shit, who knows, dude? It might be Donovan Smith. We don't know. And the press conference on Monday wasn't helpful at all. Because they literally said, yeah, you know, we've we've had Donovan and Tyler taking reps with the ones, and we haven't seen what we needed to see from either of them yet. That's encouraging. But... Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. 
Go to your happy price, price line. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. I'll ask ask this to you. Does Tech need to look... I mean, obviously, we've for the past few games we have, we've needed to run the ball more. Do you think that we finally see that this week? Uh, no, don't, no, don't, don't even think about who's in at quarterback this week. Do you think that we see a more predominant run game this week? We damn well better because, you know, I'm mostly going to point at first the OU game again when they played. OU ran the ball while taking out some, you know, couple sacks and stuff like that. They basically ran the ball about 54 times for 292 yards and five touchdowns on the ground. And mind you, OU has had a very up-and-down offense this year. Um, obviously put up an offer against Texas, but also only put, they put up 24 against TCU. Um you know, and they, they've struggled at times this year, and they were able to run the ball all over uh, Kansas's defense. Now, top, you know, add that with the fact that you brought up a good point with the turnovers that KU forces. Um, our quarterbacks, especially, you know, both Shuck and Smith. And Smith, I mean, I coming into the year, I think we all thought that you know, Smith was the more, you know, he was going to keep the ball safe type of guy. But, you know, he threw three picks against both uh, NC State and Houston. So that kind of went out the window there. Uh, and Shuck, I mean, this year hasn't really, you know, made those types of plays that he made last year where he threw quite a bit of picks. But in the short amount of time he played last year. But... Ultimately, when I, I I just get a little worried sometimes when Shuck and uh, Smith both have been put in those situations against defenses like this. And, you know, Morton seemed like the guy that was um, avoiding those types of mistakes. But now we don't have that option. So, yes, we need to run the football is basically my short and long answer. We have... I'm going to keep preaching this. I know the coaches don't listen to our podcast. I don't care. I will keep putting it out there until someone listens. Like, run the damn ball. We, and the thing that's most annoying is our coaches acknowledge that we have two of the best running backs in this conference, and they still don't get them the ball. So, here's the thing Taj Brooks at times has looked going back to last year and especially the bowl game look and you know that's actually a great game to go back to because I feel like that's the last time we really tried to run the ball down someone's throat run if if we can establish a run game our offense opens up so much more and last week we like started to establish it and that's when the passing game opened up like you had that long run from Sorodrick and then we that led to the uh, Bradley touchdown. Like those plays were back to back. That's all it takes. And guess what? When you stop running the ball and become predictable, that's when our offense starts to get stagnant. And that's exactly what happened. We stopped running the ball. Our offense got stagnant. Tyler Shuck looked like crap. And that was the game. But now this this week we have an opportunity to use the run to set up our passes because you know we don't know what our receiving core is going to look like this week we don't know who's going to be in or out because we've had you know rotating receivers due to just some stinger injuries all year you know we just got miles price back but uh 
like you touched on, we got a couple receivers get hurt against TCU, so we don't know what their status will be. But ultimately, the key to this game for me is going to be will Tech finally just give in and run the football? Because if we don't, we could, I genuinely think we could get blown out because of how good Kansas's offense can be. Like, they can go up and down the field in a in an instant. And if we don't run the ball and we keep throwing our defense out on that field, they will get worn down because of the way Kansas plays. Like, it's just, it, it's not really like an option. We need to run the ball. I think in this one for me, I'm going to ask, uh, you asked to run the ball more. I'm going to ask to run the ball um, but I'm going to add a little bit to that, and I'm going to preach and ask for something that I've been asking for for every single game this season. Can we please put a goddamn tight end in the fucking game and put his hand in the ground to help this line block? Because you know what? If you leave a tight end out there, you can split them out wide. They're athletic enough. But guess what? You can also put his hand in the ground, make him block for run plays. And guess what? You know what? That tends to open up the play action quite a bit. And if your guy, if your guy, whoever you have back there, you don't trust him throwing deep, guess what? I bet you trust throwing a five-yard out to a tight end off of play action. That's bread and butter shit. I have been asking for this all season long. Texas Tech has the best tight end room in the conference. And you won't utilize them. It bugs the shit out of me. And it should bug the shit out of everyone listening to this. You have Teeter. You have Cup. And you have Tharp. And I don't know... If there is a better tight end room in the country, you might have two good tight ends somewhere. I don't think you have three good ones anywhere. I think you might have two tight ends that can catch, and then maybe you have a third one that's just in there like a big-ass lineman that can block. But you don't have three guys that can block and catch and run. And I have never seen a team, I've never seen an offense with such deep weapons be mismanaged so damn poorly. Mismanaging the running backs and you're mismanaging the tight ends. And I, you know what? You know what would slow down? A play-action pass to a tight end for a five-yard gain. Two of those and it's a first down. Or, you know what? If you go for three yards, you can go do it four times and get a first down. Really milk some clock. Run the ball here and there. And if you want to if you want to pick and pop on a deep ball off a of play action, if you've ran the ball 3 times, 4 times in a row, cool. I think I could live with that. But please, I'm begging, get the tight ends involved. Please get the tight ends involved. I'll get off my soapbox, Kindle prediction. Give it to me. How are you feeling about this one? Uh, if all things considered, I do think we're going to see a shootout in this game. Um, I think no matter who's in at quarterback, I think uh, I think we're going to have a better game plan just because we're going to be able to game plan it for that specific quarterback. Um, I I want I want to take Tech to win, and I will, but you know I'm not confident in it, and I'm going to say we see something like a 42 to 38 Tech win, but you know I'm not going to be shocked. If we uh, lose this game just because of uh, the way our offense has been playing, um, we got to see some better play calling this week. But I'm going to stick with 42-38 Tech. I admire your Homer capability. I truly do. Um, Because I'm picking Kansas. And I just haven't seen it until I I saw it. I saw one game that looked really damn good, and it was the West Virginia game, immediately followed by two shit performances on offense. 
now you're back to the two guys who lost their job to a freshman. Um, I don't know what really to make of it. Um, I also think Jalen Daniels plays in this and starts this one for Kansas. And as you mentioned, um, our defense has had big-time trouble with mobile quarterbacks this year. Um, I think Kansas runs a lot of plays, and I think that it's going to be hard for Tech to stay in this. Um, I think I truly think what I with what I said earlier in the year with Baron Morton. I think Baron Morton gives you the best of Tyler Shuck and the best of Donovan Smith. Um, but you don't have Baron Morton, so whichever guy you go with, you have to live with the inconsistencies in the game. If you're going to put Tyler Shuck back there, you better tell that line to fucking pass block like there's no tomorrow. You know, if you if you bring in Donovan Smith in this game, you have to have better separation from your receivers and their DBs. Uh, we just haven't seen that. I haven't seen that. I mean, we really didn't even see it in the West Virginia game, to be honest. These receivers were supposed to be really, you know, a, a really big focal point. I wrote my preseason preview on the receiver group. Um, and they're, I'll be honest, they're kind of underperforming. Um, they, they're struggling to get separation in the defense, in the defense and, um, don't know if that's to play calling or if it's just poor execution. Um, and I hate to do, I really do hate to do this. Uh, but I I think that Kansas wins. I think it's going to be um I think there's going to be some like some serious negativity around this program after this week. Um and I think a lot of people are going to be looking at basketball hard to um pick up their spirits. And um I'm going to go I'm going to go with um I'm going to go 52 to 38. Um, I just don't think that, uh, anything that I've seen, actually, no, I'm going to go like, I, I'm going to take that back. I'm going to go 42 to 28. I just don't think that this offense can find what it needs, um, with who's going to be back, uh, taking the snaps. I just, and I just, and I haven't seen the willingness to run the ball. I just haven't. Um, so unfortunately I am going to take Kansas in this one. Um, but as I've just predicted, uh, let's look to basketball to, to lift our spirits. Um, Kendall Monday night, Texas tech played Northwestern state, uh, wins. They won decisively by 24 points. The spread was 28 for those that were wondering, um, they did not cover the spread. Uh, 73 to 49 final score, uh, leading the way is Daniel Bacho with 12 and 10, his first career double, double, um, Kerwin Walton had nine, Kevin O'Banner had nine, uh, Jalen Tyson had eight, Davion Harmon had seven, Pop Isaacs had six. Um, yeah, you got some other, uh, Damarian Williams had six, uh, Richard Jennings had six, uh, what I liked in this game, Kendall, you had, you got everyone on the floor, um, even CJ Williams, the walk-on coach Williams' son got in for the last three minutes, um, everyone else on the roster got at least 10 minutes of floor time, which is what you're kind of expecting to see in these opening games. Um, what did you see? Give me an encouraging uh, performance from maybe someone, you know, we heard all season about all offseason about how good Bacho had gotten. Um, we know how good O'Banner can be. Um, we, pretty much know how good Davion Harmon can be. We'll get to Davion Harmon here in a minute. Um, 
can you give me some like an off brand or maybe someone that you really didn't think would uh you know make his presence known the way that he did in this game uh yeah very easily actually Kerwin walton um he averaged you know one point a game uh at unc last year but didn't get play much playing time there um he got some spot minutes you know he was a you know good shooter there but really didn't get asked to do much else i think we saw um kind of what he can do and i think what he's gonna be is you know kind of a spark off the bench uh that's the type of guy that you really uh like to have um he he did a little bit of everything as far as scoring he was I really like some of the cuts he was making, um, both to the basket and just to try to get open. Um, he he was having a lot of movement. Uh, I think that, you know, we heard kind of uh, Coach Adams had talked about how good of a shooter he is, but we got to see kind of a little more than just him shooting. We got to see, you know, how good of a player offensively in general he is, which I, that's kind of what I expected, you know, of a transfer from North Carolina. But, you know, to see him come in, score nine points, didn't even hit a three. Uh, and he also kind of got in there on the boards too, which was nice to see. But uh, another one would be, even though he didn't show up a whole lot in the stat sheet, um, K.J. Allen, uh, he was the first guy off the bench um, came in for Bacho, essentially was our small ball five, which I kind of expected Kevin O'Banner to be our small ball five when we decided to do that. But it's, I mean, based off of what I saw in this first game, it seems like it's going to be KJ. And the thing I really like about KJ is defensively, he can guard every position one through five with his athleticism, but, um, he's really physical. I said last year that I think he had the potential to be like a Mark Vidal from Baylor type of guy. And I really think that he, uh, he kind of showed that potential a little bit in this first game, you know, with his versatility. Um, and anybody that had kind of, you know, looked into him uh, before he was at tech knew the type of player he could be. He averaged, uh, I think it was 17 points a game at uh, East LA and he was really just an athletic freak. I'm hoping we get to see him in extended minutes throughout the season and games that, you know, we would need that type of performance from him, which I think we're more likely to see that um, while Fardaz Amak is out. But uh, in general, I think the whole team top to bottom looked pretty damn good. Uh, especially offensively. I really liked the way we looked, but, um, you know, those are just a couple of the guys that kind of stood out to me a little couple of the under the radar guys, but, uh, you know, and another little shocking point to me, I thought Walton was actually going to be in the starting lineup. Uh, we actually got pop Isaacs and he, I think for the most part, besides, you know, some, you know, some dumb freshman turnovers, I thought he looked really damn good too. So, uh, I really don't have too many complaints on that front. I am good. That kind of leads me into my next thing. Um, you win big, but you do have 20 turnovers uh, in this game. Obviously, a lot of freshmen playing. We have five freshmen on this roster. Um, include, you know, you have Fisher, uh, Williams, Washington, uh I'm sorry, that's C.J. Williams, not Damarian Williams. Um, and then you have uh, Pop Isaacs. I think that uh, that's kind of to be expected. You also still have... Um, you also kind of still have uh, these guys getting familiar with each other, uh, especially even in a game setting. Uh, one thing, it's kind of it's kind of funny almost... Uh, that if you take away the turnovers from Pop Isaacs and Damarian Williams, uh, you finish the game with 11. And uh, I, I would be pretty content with finishing with 11 turnovers in a game. Um, that's that's pretty... Uh, this kind of seems kind of par for the course. Um, 
I do want to get into the minutes. Uh, Curran Walton actually was the third highest in minutes. Uh, he had finished with 24 minutes. Uh, O'Banner led the way with 26 minutes. Uh, Bacho had 25. Walton had 24. The only other person to go over 20 was Davion Harmon with 21 minutes. And that's where I want to go next with this uh, for, for a quick second. Um, I don't know about you, but for me, I kind of felt like the offense was, even when um, you kind of went through some scoring droughts here and there, I still felt like the ball moved fairly well uh, for this team. Uh, it was moving fairly, I don't want to say effortlessly, but I could tell that there was a guy out there who was going to bring the ball up every time and who was going to facilitate in Davion Harmon. And as that's kind of something we haven't really seen in a while um, at Texas Tech, and definitely not last year. Um, but I almost want to say, like, when was the last vi- like true, true point guard guy that we had um, other than, you know, maybe Moretti? Uh, 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 I wouldn't even say Moretti. I would say probably Keenan Evans because Moretti, yeah. he, he's kind of like, Moretti always reminded me of like that that guy that he could run the point, but he was much better as an off guard. And he, I think we saw that in 2022. Um, you know, he he really just wasn't that lead guy. But I, I sent out uh, a tweet from my personal account um, after the game. I kind of just talked about my takeaways um, from this game. And one thing that I hit on was, so Fran Fraschilla last year and in general, when he talked about Kevin McCuller, loved to use the term glue guy. Well, I think we found our new glue guy with Davion Harmon, not only in the sense that, you know, he really was playing as our point guard. But defensively, he you could tell out there if you were really watching, he was a vocal leader. Um, he was really, really good on the defensive end. Uh, offensively, you know, he didn't score very much, but he did a lot of other good things that, um, you know, Tech needed. And I think that's why he was truly brought in. And I think... Well, yeah, he had, he had four assists, too. He was, he was tied team lead in assists with, with four. He was brought in to me to kind of be, I guess, I don't want to say to replace Kevin McCuller, but th- that's the type of role I see him in. You know, if he needs to go get get us 10 points, he can go get us 10 points. If he needs to go make a play offensively to get somebody a bucket, he can do that. Defensively, you know, he need if he needs to step up and make a play, I think he's going to do it because, you know, how I don't know how many people remember this, but he obviously played at Oregon last year. But before that, he played at Oklahoma, where um, he played under legendary coach Long Kruger. Who, if you couldn't defend on his teams, you would not see the floor. And essentially, that's the same thing with uh, Coach Adams. And you know, a lot of transfers have to come in and learn that. But Harmon, he already knows how to how to defend, especially in the Big Twelve. Um, he's played against a lot of these uh, different offenses, these different coaches. So he already knows how to defend in this league. But now it's he gets to kind of work more on his other parts of his game that can help Tech win. And I think that's a really big advantage because he's also able to help a lot of the younger guys and he's another veteran leader. So, you know, Kevin McCuller, to me, he is... I don't know if you can straight up replace him, but I think Mark Adams did a great job getting Davion Harmon because he's probably one of the best options out there, you know, throughout the nation to do that. And, you know, to have our first true, like, pure point guard since Keenan Evans, which I don't know how many people remember. Obviously, they remember what the offense kind of looked like, but. I don't think people realize how vital it was having that true point guard because, you know, having a guy that most of the time is going to handle the ball so you can have, you know, multiple guys moving off the ball um, to get open and make plays off the ball is so much different than what we've seen the past couple of years. We've had to deal with the putrid 
motion offense uh, the past couple years. Um, and, you know, last year I thought it would be different when Coach Peary came in, but it overall it really wasn't. We were still dealing with a lot of just, you know, pass, pass. We didn't really have a guy that could, you know, come off of a screen and make a play. But now we have a guy that can really set up this offense, set up other guys for good shots. Um, I think we saw the one that I really liked. I think he got Pop Isaacs open for a couple threes, which – um, and another thing, uh, <laughs> I'm kind of just praising Davey on here, but got another thing for you. I think it's also great for a guy like Pop Isaacs and Lamar Washington, both to learn from a guy like Davion Harmon, because, you know, he's been in college now for, I think this is his fourth year, maybe fifth. Um, he has a lot of experience as a point guard. And I do think one of those two is going to step into that role in the future, so, um, you know, Davion Harmon is just probably a vital part to this team for this year, but also just uh, kind of helping form the future of this program. I would agree with that. And, um, you know, I think that... I think that this team has a lot of potential. Um, it's got a lot of youth, um, but it's got a lot of potential. And um, I think that there are good times ahead for this basketball team. Um, and just think, I mean, think about the guys we didn't even touch on tonight because we're, we're, we're going to go ahead and wrap up here. But, I mean... We'll, and we'll dive deeper into this team. Kendall already did his basketball primer, which was outstanding. But um, if you haven't listened to that, go back an episode. It's a standalone basketball primer that Kendall did, went at solo. It was great content. And um, I think that, I mean, you, you got to go back. I mean, we, we didn't touch on Lamar Washington, who he had great feel off the ball for a young guy, I, I was shocked at like his feel for the game. Um, he was seemed to be all over the place at times. Um, we will eventually get into Elijah Fisher. Um, talk about exciting! It's pretty much all we've heard about on the, during the off season. Um, and you go back to your as if we want to call them glue guys. Uh, you know Harmon O'Banner. Um, and, you know, we still haven't talked about possibly, I mean, we're not going to throw out anything wild just yet, possibly the best player on this team uh, in Jalen Tyson. Um, you know, and obviously that'll be up for debate as the season goes on. Um, but we're going to look forward very quickly before we wrap up. Um, we are recording this on Wednesday, November 9th. Um, so tomorrow, Texas Tech does host Texas Southern, a tournament team from a year ago. They got ousted by Kansas in the first round. Uh, they lost to San Fran in their season opener, 90-77. to um, I know that their leading scorer, uh, Henry, he averages 21, or I guess he came in with 21 uh, points in that game. Um Right now, our leading scorer is Daniel Bacho, as everyone predicted. Um, Kendall, I guess, just kind of give me, uh, you know, what are you expecting to see in this? Is it going to be something similar to what we saw against Northwestern State? Are we going to, or is the full bench going to get in? Um, you know, what are you expecting to see? What are you expecting uh, things to kind of improve on? Uh, Texas Southern is, you know, they, they're they a little better than Northwestern State as a team. Uh, their coach has actually gotten this program uh, to the NCAA tournament. It, it I said this earlier to you before we started recording, but it just seems like they're kind of in that, you know, first four every single season. Um, you know, that you can't, you don't want to take any appointment lightly, but this is definitely one that, 
Uh, they they could hang around for a half if you kind of let them because they are very watching them in the past. They're a very gritty team. Uh, they're they're very defensive minded like Tech is. So you know when Tech goes against those types of teams, sometimes they kind of start out a little slow. So um, just kind of taking this team. And that's actually a really good thing for the freshmen too to experience early on um, as, as a team like this where uh, they might kind of frustrate you a little bit. So I like to see Tech getting an opponent like this early before Maui because uh, they they might cause some issues for us. I don't necessarily expect it, but they def- I could see it. So... Um, one thing to watch for is how our freshmen kind of respond to more physical play from, uh, from Texas Southern, but we should kick the shit out of them. If we're being real, uh, you know, look for just offensively kind of, you know, the same stuff, uh, maybe some new sets, but overall just. I'm hoping to see if anyone kind of steps up as a primary scorer. We didn't, I mean, Bacho led the team in points, but uh, like we didn't have a primary option. So that's kind of one thing I'll look out for. But other than that, I mean, we know the defense will be elite. uh, So it's just kind of, I'm ready. Just, I'm just happy that tech basketball is back and uh, just ready to see what this team can do. All right. Well, we want to thank everyone for tuning in tonight. Uh, it was me and Kendall going at it. Um, we will be back next week uh, for a recap of the Kansas game and looking forward to Iowa State in Ames. Uh, so that'll be that'll be a fun football game. Um, also, I guess next week we're kind of getting into Maui territory. It's kind of maybe starting to preview that a little bit. Um, I'm going to put out a poll on our on our pod Twitter uh, probably later this week or this weekend, um, kind of asking uh, our listeners what what they prefer uh, if they would prefer uh, just longer episodes, uh, probably getting into like hour and twenty minute range hour 30 minute range or uh if they want separate uh episodes and keep it separate for football and basketball um we'll get into it uh keep an eye out on that um again i'm jack that's kendall uh we appreciate everyone tuning in uh for hub city homers so thanks wreck let's go get a win against kansas this weekend